Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, very happy Friday to all of you. It is our mailbag segment, ever so popular. All your questions answered 100% correctly or your money back. Derek Sharp, who's been with us now for two weeks. It's flown by. It's been sensational having you on. Steve will be back at some point on Monday, I think. Steve but, is actually like back in town as a recording. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he was uh, visiting family and, and relatives and all that stuff and could he have come back on, you know, middle of the week? Yes, but should he nah. have? Nah. He did the right thing. Believe me, this is a grind, as you well know, <laughs> having done uh, your own um, shows and and uh, and you know, going all the way back to radio, it can get you. So, but anyway, it's been it's been uh, terrific, and we're going to keep it going, and we're going to have the mailbag right now, and let's get started with our questions. And we uh, actually left some on the table last week, so I guess we'll go in oh, reverse chronological order. Okay. Uh, but uh, one thing that, of course, we discussed on Wednesday's show and one of many things you threw out there, and it was a lot of interesting stuff uh, with, of course, Mr. Brady and the Dolphins and whatnot. And one person, I don't know if it was just out of sheer curiosity or did he think actually maybe he was a little concerned. The mm-hmm. question was, do you really think that Tom Brady might check out early if the Bucks start on start off on a a losing streak. David Lopin says, does Rick really believe Brady will quit the Bucks if they start out on a losing streak? The short answer is no, I don't. And just simply because that doesn't seem to be in Tom Brady's DNA whatsoever. Um, the word quit, quit, I don't think he can say it, much less do it. Now, he did retire, which is a different word, but you don't retire after a few games. Um, the one, The one example that I have, um, which was somewhat surprising, but not a player, was when Steve Spurrier, after about two or three games of his final season in South Carolina, uh, looked in the mirror and said, you know, I just feel like I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't have anything to give, and it's time to move on. So he quit, like, remember that? He quit, like, early in the in, a, in his final season at South Carolina. This is not Steve Spurrier. This is the quarterback of the Bucs. Um, first of all, you know, what would constitute a bad start? I mean, those first four games are absolutely brutal. Um, they're not going to lose them all. They probably won't lose more than two of them, I don't think. Um, but even if they were 0-4, there's enough enough season ahead, 17 games, especially in the NFC South, that that Brady, of all people, would think we can turn this around. Um, I remember one year we were in, uh, and this was much earlier in his career, obviously, we were in Philadelphia. It was after the Bucks had won a Super Bowl and in 2002 so the 2003 opener and it still made no sense and Gruden is still mad about it uh, was in Philadelphia again where they had obviously closed the vet and they were opening Lincoln Financial Field on a Monday night as Super Bowl champions on the road so that Sunday you know you're in Philly so what do you do you watch football it's opening weekend right Buffalo is I think hosting the New England Patriots who went down 30 I want to I could be wrong about the score I believe it was 31 to nothing. I think they got shut out, but it was something so egregiously bad. 
that everyone was like, what the heck just happened? Oh, yeah, by the way, the Patriots won the Super Bowl that year. Week one, blasted, won the Super Bowl. So this is my long way of saying I don't think he will uh, check out. I, I, I would say this. If he gets hurt or is getting hurt, um, there's probably a threshold to what he'll subject himself at 45 that he might not have gone through at 25. Um, you know, this man has kids <laughs> and, uh, and, and a nice um, broadcast job waiting for him. So, and I've talked to guys like Alex Guerrero and people that are close to him. I think the only thing that, that Brady fears a little bit at this point is injury. And it's, it's the only thing that would, um, you know, that, that can really get him at, at this stage. I and mean, he knows the answers to all the tests. And, you know, that goes back to having a new center and two new guards and, and you know, just what what is the toll going to be um, this season? Are they going to be able to protect him? And I think they will because, for the most part, Brady protects himself by getting rid of the ball. He's not going to stand back there, even though he's in the pocket on every down. He's not going to stand back there and take shots one after the other. They will find a way. Uh, to avoid that. So um, I, I don't think he'll quit. Uh, I, I do think he probably has some doubts a little bit about what he did in coming back because, you know, day two, he loses Ryan Jensen. Um, you know, this week, uh, the revelations that, you know, he was tampered with and obviously had some real interest in doing something with the Miami Dolphins, uh, maybe even quarterbacking with Sean Payton as coach. So it's not exactly been probably his favorite week, not to mention, um, the pads came on and, and the heat was turned up and it just, you know, it, it, it's the great, this is, these are the dog days as they say, because, you know, the one thing about joint practice is it breaks up the monotony, right? You're not in the same routine of going out there and going against your, your, your teammates every day. Um, there's something new and fresh and competitive about it, but it's still training camp. It's still preseason. There's stuff you have to do. You have to do install. You have to get your new players uh, like Julio Jones and your young players, your draft picks uh, up to speed. And in this case, they got a new center. So it's going to take a lot of work and it can't be, it's, you know, Brady has said this before. It's like, you know, the, this is not the fun part of the game. Like this is necessary part of the game and and sort of you got to try to stack days and get better every single day. You can't take, you know, one step forward and then two steps back the next day. Even if you start pretty low, as long as you're building towards the regular season, you're going to be okay. So um, that's sort of where they're at now. And, you know, it, it's it's not fun. And they got so much time between the opener. And, and, you know, within two days, they lost their starting center and their team changed. And so, you know, that's also part of the picture is, you know, can we keep these guys healthy, which goes back to what I said the other day. Uh, Brady is not going to play probably. I, I don't know that he's going to play in the preseason. He will play, obviously, in those joint practices, but he's not going to play in the opener and nor will many starters, if any. Uh, and I really do believe that, you know, with, with joint practices against Miami and then the next week against Tennessee, if you do the same thing at Tennessee, well, you're not going to play him in the final preseason game because it's the final preseason game. At that point, coaches get nervous and say, well, we've made it to the starting line. All we have to do is not play our guys and we're guaranteed to have them at least by, you know, all together on September 11th. So, there's a chance that Brady won't play at all. Um, we'll see, but um, you know, certainly he'll get plenty of good work uh, leading up to that. But no, uh, the the long answer, the short answer to to my long response no, good. is is simply that's not what Brady is about. He's committed to this year. 
Uh, he's committed to his teammates, and a lot of free agents have joined up and re-signed for the express purpose of trying to win a Super Bowl because they know that that the GOAT can get them back there and win it. And so he would not do that to his teammates or his coaches, for that matter. No, that's good. It brought up a couple of things I want to mention before we get to our yeah. next uh, Brady-related mailbag uh, situation. And there are some non-Brady-related, but some interesting things we'll get to. Uh, first of all, uh, please don't be the reporter that says uh, against the Dolphins next week, show. You're looking forward to hitting somebody in a different colored uniform? <laughs> I promise you that will be that question will be asked, and I promise you it will be asked exactly that way. <laughs> oh my god! Not by me ever. You know, but it will be asked. While I'm at it, <laughs> training camp cliches. I mean, listen, yep. I, I I worked in sports radio and many a bucks game. Yep. For more Punch than your 10 ticket, years. Derek. Ready? Punch your ready? ticket. Here we go. What do you think about so and so? So and so looked good. Like yep. Remember that one team where that one guy looked good in training camp and boy, that really meant a lot. No, I don't actually. Uh, so- well, and, and listen, I'm not going to, I could, but I'm not going to rip on, um, on, <laughs> on other people that, that ask these questions. I do, I do think, you know, we're all working on stories, right? And so if, for example, I wrote a story about, you know, Rashad White the other day. And so I asked the Rashad, well, you know, you well, good, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, I didn't ask how he looked. I mean, that's not what I asked. What I asked was, what's the biggest transition for a college running back? Is it pass protection? Is it, you know, is play? What, you know, what does he have to do to to earn trust and playing time? Something like that. But there are way too many questions of, so how does player X look out there right now? And the reality is, is there are 90 players. Now, these questions can, can, you know, be about an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a kicker, a punter, a receiver, with which there's, you know, there's 90 guys. Todd Bowles calls the defense, so chances are he's not paying a whole lot of attention to the offense other than what it does against his defense. But to ask a head coach after practice a specific one of 90 guys and how does he look, <laughs> how does he look? I mean, I, mean why, I have to go back and look at the practice film. How does he look? Like, we well, evaluate everybody but not in the coming off the field mode where like now occasionally, you know, you can ask uh, him a question about a specific player and he'll remember that over the course of a couple of days, this guy's started to have a really good camp. Like the other day he volunteered more or less that Tyler Johnson has reported in great shape. He's making a lot of plays. Um, It looks like he's really got the offense down. It's his third season. So sometimes, you know, coaches will, the guys will pop out to them and they'll, and they'll bring it up um, whether you ask or not, but yeah, that the proverbial. So how does so-and-so look, (laughs) man, I don't know. The the other thing that uh, that was brought up in, in the conversation there was the the thirty one nothing loss by the Patriots in a year they won the Super Bowl because I'm a big proponent of the need for the college football playoff to expand and uh, not going to get into that whole topic here but what you'll see for people that are against it generally is well I mean the regular season becomes a lot more meaningful I'm like yeah so in your example you just gave the Patriots who won the means Super nothing. Bowl, would have been eliminated yeah. in week one because hate you know, it. the regular season. Hate it for college football, and that's why there should always be a playoff. And, and you know, it's as simple as this. Like, I mean, listen, even in college, any football, youth football, peewee football, it's a, it's a war of attrition, right? And so how you're playing in week one against a given opponent, which you may or may not match up well against, 
um, and it's your first time, you know, on the field together as a team that year, uh, does not, I think, really correlate to how you're playing at the end of the year. There are teams that, as you know, Derek, can can hit their stride and win five or six in a row, uh, and and no one wants to play them, right? And and so it's just like the NFL. I mean, I just think it's, it's ridiculous to to you know say, well, it's important, so the regular season would be lost. Well, no, we want the don't you want the best teams playing the best teams in some kind of a tournament format at the end of the year? And if you're going to do that, you can't hang it all all the laundry on weeks one and two if they if they lose the big you know Dr Pepper game uh, in the you know AT and T Stadium uh, you know to Alabama in week one. You just can't do that. I'm right there with you. There's a lot yeah. of things that I get into on my uh, station about uh, the need for more inclusion. So I'm with you there. Uh, let's go to another uh, Brady related one, and this is kind of one that I brought up on Wednesday's show. Uh, from David Lubin, how is Brady completely guilt-free in the mess? He must have known negotiations at those times were taboo. It's a great question. And, you know, we've even asked the NFL, um, you know, sort of, and we got our answer. There, there's no there's no punishment towards a player who is tampered with, okay? Um, the focus is on, is on the clubs who know better uh, and, you know, are all working – uh, under the same set of rules to to create competitive balance, and it's really considered taboo. Um, you know, now we're also not naive, okay? Um, because all these players, whether they participate in the conversations, they have representatives, they have agents, right? Who represent a lot of players, and so team A could call, you know, agent, and he might have several guys, and they may call him about one guy and say, "Oh yeah, by the way." What about Brady? You know, while I got you on the phone, you know, um, and and if you're an agent, I think I talked about this the other day. Like if you're Don Yee, like okay, what team am I not answering the phone for? I represent players and coaches throughout this league. I don't know what they're calling about. So, am I to know that the Miami Dolphins are going to ask me about Tom Brady when I see that they're calling me? You know, like you don't know. So they have to pick up the phone. And, and then we talked about Brady the other day you know, his level of, of fame and the opportunities that are flying at him all the time. And the mere fact that like in this case, um, the minority owner that, that was really the sort of the message deliverer to Stephen Ross uh, about these talks with Brady back in, no later than December of, of last season, you know, he, he's also on the board of TB12. So if, if his number pops up, how is Tom to know what the topic is? And maybe it's they start out talking about TV 12 and he goes, you know, you get really any thought about next season. I mean, I know it's still December and you're trying to win this year, but, you know, we sure would like to have you in Miami. I saw you bought a house there. Like, so it's kind of hard in a way to, you know, the teams are the ones that know they can't do this. And so how much, and I understand the question and I appreciate it. I do. And I think it's very fair. But how much how much culpability you know is on the, is on the player for taking the call, um, and is there some maybe? But like how do you how do you measure that? You know, in other words, the rules are the rules, and the rules are that all thirty two teams are going to abide by. We are not calling other players under contract. We are waiting until the free agent signing period or the end of the league year when these people are available. Now, 
it's kind of like a few good, even if you're a movie buff, like I can't, if the few good men are on, I have to watch it, Derek. No, I'm just that guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so we're talking about tampering. It's a little like code reds, right? It's like, (laughs) you ask me if, if, uh, you know, they go on without my knowledge, you know, it's a little bit of a Gruden Jet Nicholson. No, that was good. You were getting there. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I just, I discourage the practice, but if you ask me if they go on, you know, and it's kind of like they discourage it, but does it go on? Yeah, it does. Now this question, and I heard Mike Florio and, and Chris Sims, who, by the way, were all over this story and got a lot of heat for it for months and months until it true, turned out to be absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know something about that because I did the Antonio Brown story a year or a year ago. Yes. Uh, and so for about 15 days, I was that guy. They've been that guy for about six months. You were never that guy to me, by, by the way, Rick. Oh, I appreciate that. But boy, my, my mean tweets will, will say yeah, otherwise. I get it. I get it. But anyway, um, so they were on talking about the Brady situation. And, and the one question they asked, I think it's a fair one. It's like, it probably wouldn't happen in front of him. Like, no one's going to go up to Tom and go, yo, man, um, like last December, when you're kind of, you know, we're trying to win a Super Bowl again, like, you really didn't want to be here. Like, you were thinking about not coming back. Like, you wonder if there are conversations with any players that say, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Like he really wanted to go to Miami, I think, you know, or, you know, I guess we're the consolation prize in a sense. So you couldn't get, couldn't get that done. So, you know, I don't know. The answer to that is I don't know. They all have their relationships with Tom from what I understand. And I'm not, you know, there's them and then there's us and I am not them. But from what I understand, he's one of the best teammates anyone has ever had. I, I don't think you can find a guy that has played with Tom Brady that didn't like him. And I mean really like him. Uh, and so I, I can't imagine that, you know, usually in professional sports or certainly in the NFL, uh, you know, they have sort of a saying. And it's, it's it's a little bit Neanderthal, but it's like you don't, you know, you don't mess with a guy's money or his relationships, right? Uh, and I think that's the case here. It's like, look, Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time. And he gets opportunities that probably very few athletes will ever get. And so who are we to tell him who to talk to? You know, if this guy was going to retire and possibly have an opportunity to become a minority owner and, or maybe have some GM responsibilities or, you know, like a John Elway or something like that, like what athlete, you know, after their playing days were over, wouldn't want a piece of a National Football League team. Um, And so I don't think it would get to the level where guys would be, like, really resentful of it. And and I don't even know, like I said, what we don't know is, did he bring this on? Was he actively seeking this? Or was it just another of many, many opportunities that were brought to him uh, by, in this case, a business partner? Um, I don't know the answer to any of those questions. And frankly, I don't think you'll ever hear it from Tom Brady. He's not going to talk about this. He doesn't talk about his businesses. He does deals all the time. He's got a million holdings. And this is just another one of those situations. And, and again, checking with the league, their reaction to it was, because I did ask them, you know, how come in this case the none of the players or a player might not be uh, somehow, uh, you know, given some sanctions about it. And they said, because our interests are in the teams and the conduct of the teams, not the player. You know, we, we, we're the National Football League. There's 32 owners and 32 franchises. We all got to play by the same rules. And so it's about us. It's not about them.
We'll continue with our mailbag questions, but first, folks, um, just want you to know I was so grateful the other day that we were inside and it was air conditioned and the, and we were in the indoor facility. But I have an indoor facility; it's called a house, and it's air conditioned, and the electric bill is going through the roof. Yours probably is too because it's running all the time. I got a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, you know you get solicited all the time. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar, they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, 30 years. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products and they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. So start saving some money today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar. They're at 727-819-2862. And you can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your quality of life, also preserve your appliances as well. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, back to our mailbag questions. All right, via Twitter, of course, at Sports Day TV. And, and this is, this is I'm not going to say going back to a, a former morning host at WDA uh, sort of realm here where it was, who would you rather have? But um, <laughs> a couple of, you know, I like that game, actually. One, making you pick one or the other here. Yeah. Because it's hypothetical. And yeah, we I love have it. to decide. All this right. Is from Tommy Leverone. Who would you rather have? Hi, guys. Do you think Devin White or Levante David, which one will end their career with the Bucks? And do you think both will end up being in the ring of honor eventually? Wow. Um, the answer to the first one is Levante David is going to end his career with, as a Buccaneer. Nice. Uh, of the two. And that's because he's closer to the end of his career. He's This is the final year for him under contract. Could be his last season in football. I think he still has a lot to give the game. But let's be honest, you get into your 30s, um, it becomes harder and harder to to per- keep yourself in shape and prepare for the season. He just had his first child, by the way, with his wife. Congratulations to Levante in the offseason. He's a father. That will change things as well. Um Certainly has done everything in this game now with the Super Bowl win that you can do. You know, he's he's not made as many Pro Bowls as he should have, but he's done that. Um, and, you know, he really is the second best linebacker in franchise history next to Derek Brooks. And by the time he retires, wow. the numbers in terms of tackles and some of the splash plays are going to be very Brooks-like. Now, Derek was a first ballot Hall of Fame player, and Levante won't be. I think that there will come a time when people will appreciate him more um, as time goes on. He might be one of those guys that gets nominated for the Hall of Fame later uh, than he should, and maybe people will take a look at things and go, you know, it wasn't his fault the team was bad the majority of his career, and I mean really bad. Um, but he's a Super Bowl champion. Um, we can go on and on about how great he is. I don't know that he'll play for another organization. I, You know, he, he's a Florida guy. Um and he just seems to me like one of those guys, much like Derek. Now, will he get an opportunity to? He might. Derek Brooks, when unbelievably was released by Mark Dominic, uh, he had an opportunity to go play in New Orleans, but he was like, the money they were offering him, he was like, Rick, look, by the time I 
get a place to stay up there for an entire year. Uh, that's going to eat up half my money at the time. And, you know, it, I just, I would rather be remembered as a guy that played, you know, his whole career in Tampa. And I think that's what's going to come down to the Levante. Now, as soon as I say that, he'll be a Baltimore Raven tomorrow. But, <laughs> you know, but I really do. I think it matters. To, I think he wants to be that that guy. I think it, it's important to him to play his entire career in Tampa. And he certainly made it through all those hard times and, and you know, got to got to experience the Super Bowl, which was phenomenal in his home stadium. So as far as Devin White goes, look, we don't know what Devin White is yet. And I, I think he's an outstanding player. And I think he has the potential to be, and I said this at the start of last season, a defensive player of the year. I mean, I thought I was that impressed with him, especially in the playoffs during the Super Bowl run. The guy was a monster. He was an, he made every play. He was causing fumbles. He was sealing games with interceptions. Uh, he was a problem, and he's a, he was a tackling machine. He's taken a step back since that Super Bowl season, and last year was not his best year, and he will tell you that. Now, a lot of things contributed to it, not the least of which was they had a ton of injuries, including the guy next to him. And I think that you know one thing that Devin has benefited from is Levante because Devin is a guy that sort of like – you know, see ball, hit ball, right? So he's going 100 miles an hour, and he's very instinctual, but sometimes he's wrong, okay? He just is wrong. He guesses wrong. And that's where Levante, with his speed, is able to sort of backfill and and clean up some of his mistakes so that, you know, that five-yard run doesn't become a 55-yard run. Um, without Levante, it wasn't quite the same. You know, the Kevin Minter didn't have the speed to kind of, you know, you know kind of, clean it up and so you know the, he was in coverage a lot because of all the injuries to the secondary so he, you know he he didn't get to 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 be the player he was the year before I think if you look at the nine sacks that's almost never going to happen with an inside linebacker you know that that's sort of the unicorn of a season um can he get five yeah you know uh, more likely three and a half or four is what you're looking at but he just needs to figure in more game turning plays and if he doesn't, if he continues to sort of like be, well, good but not great um, linebacker, then we're going to look at Devin White differently. And, and you know, he's they got a big decision to make because his fifth-year option, which they will pick up, will come up, and then he's going to be a free agent. And you're talking about some enormous money, you know, if he continues to make Pro Bowls and things like that. But if he doesn't, you know, eh, I don't know. Like, you know, he's going to get paid by somebody, but are the Bucks going to pay him? So I, I still, I think this is a huge year. I would, I would bet on Devin White being that player that's got a chance to finish his career here. But since Levante's career is way closer to the end than the beginning, uh, certainly closer than Devin's, I would say Levante is most likely going to finish his career in Tampa. And then, wow, excellent answer. And obvious, obvious. So which way you're leaning there? It was funny, someone completely different, uh, Tampa Bay 98ers was like with contracts, their contracts ending soon, yeah. who has a better chance of finishing off as a Tampa Bay lifer? Levante, who is, you just explained it might just be one more year yeah. or Stamco. So I think they wow. both, I, I think they're both going to be Tampa Bay. Yeah. Lifers. I don't see, do you see, I don't see any way Steven Stamkos is not a like, they're not, not going to let him leave and he doesn't want to leave. Other than that, you know, yeah. I'm worried he might leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had his chance. I mean, he had a chance to uh, become a free agent and, go to Toronto where he would have been mobbed every time he walked out the door right. um, and, and played for, uh, you know, for, for the Leafs. But 
he chose to stay here and and boy the lightning are, have benefited from that yeah i think he's he'll play his entire career in tampa even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Greg, our buddy Greg DeCruz, always has good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've covered, both of us have covered a variety of different sports. Yeah. What was the one sport you were asked to cover early in your career that surprised you either in a negative or positive way, leaning towards the positive. I, um, doing high school stuff. I got to tell you, there's one sport that I am completely impressed with the competitors. I just don't know what I'm watching. And I, I just basically asked out and that is wrestling. I just, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I guess I have to have a, a goal or a basket, or yeah. an end zone, as opposed right. to like, what Points. was that a good move? I couldn't right. tell you. So I take down, take down, <laughs> escape, escape. Like I, I really didn't know what constituted any of that. I had to watch the referee put his hand up, and I, I didn't know, you know, like, um, and oh, by the way, not for nothing, but like, and yeah, I'm sure you did a lot of these high school assignments too. And when I started, uh, much like you, because you wrote for the Tampa Bay Times as well, yeah. uh, and they would, you know, early in my career. Uh, it was all high schools, and there were a couple things that I didn't relish, not because of the sport, but because of what it meant to cover it. One was certainly wrestling, because I didn't know what the term wrestleback meant. You know, <laughs> like, you're there all day, baby. I know that one, yeah. Oh, it's basically the loser's bracket, but they don't want to say loser's bracket. Yeah, exactly. It's wrestleback, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? These guys are coming back to it, but they lost. No, 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 they're still in it. And so you realize that that two or three hour assignment you thought you had is really a six or seven hour yeah, day. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I can appreciate wrestling fans suffering uh, through people not understanding the way that I am as a soccer fan. You know, when I, when I see a tremendous play, something that to the casual fan might not be anything, but like a, you know, a 50 yard pass where the guy gathers it on his foot and it goes one foot in yeah. front of him. To me, that's impressive. I'm sure there were things like that happen in wrestling all the time that are the equivalent to that. And I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't catch it. Exactly. But that that's mine. I don't know. Was there another bizarre sport or like a sport that you maybe just did? A you know what? Um, there was one and I guess it's, a, yeah, it's a sport. I suppose the first assignment, this is kind of bizarre that I, as a correspondent, I got out of college. I came back home. Obviously at that time there was a hiring freeze. No, it was not the great depression, but it seemed like it. Um, <laughs> I'm living at home. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a college graduate. I'm kind of depressed. Cause like I got a, a degree in journalism and there's no journalism jobs, mm-hmm. but obviously we had a great newspapers down here at the time and, um, got on with the times was doing, you know, high schools doing correspondent and pay me, pay me by the story, which is a hard way to make a living, but Okay. Uh, and one of the first assignments they gave me, and it was a big deal back then, was the powerboat races at Lake Megory. <laughs> wow. And you'd have like Miss Budweiser would show up, right? Like this was like big corporate like deal. And it, but there were all classes of of of, of boats. I guess you call them boats, yeah. Uh, and yes. uh, racing boats. And I didn't know 
an outboard from an inboard. I'll be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like um, these things were fascinating and they were incredibly fast, but it, it was such a, a long day uh, on the lake and sort of at the track, if you will. Um, and they, they have the printouts of, of the various heats and the different that no pun intended. I was swimming. I, I was like, what am I really trying to narrow down in a story here? Right. Um, so I, just because it was early in my career and not something that I think I covered one other time, I think after that I covered it, um, just didn't have a clue. And, uh, we had the, the late great Ray, Ray Holloman, who was our racing writer at the time. Um, for whatever reason, he didn't do it. He helped me out. I gave him a call. He did a lot of desk work too. And he helped me out and he actually fixed my copy and he made it better than I had written it. And I was, I was grateful, but yeah, that one, that one was tough. Like I've never, I guess I haven't really embraced or, or had many opportunities to do racing in general. I did it. It was sort of like the same thing with the 12 hours of Sebring also was just as lost. And it was an incredibly long assignment because it's the 12 hours. Of I thought you were going to tell me you went in thinking it was three hours and right. damn it, it was 12. Well, I knew I was in trouble when they changed drivers, like the same race and they have different drivers during the race. Okay. Yeah. That's enough for you, Bob. Let me get behind the wheels. Yeah. Like, what are we going to, is this a vacation? Are we going, is, there, is this like we're traveling to uh, Las Vegas or something? What, what is it? Well, your um, boat race story definitely brought to mind the two wildest things I broadcast on sports radio. And looking back at it, have no idea how I pulled it off and probably did not do a good job on either example. And one definitely was a boat, a boat race in the Gulf in Sarasota. You called they it? Me, they had me set. Yes. They had me set oh. up in a hotel room, like, you know, 20th story. Okay. And they were sending me sponsors and people to interview and I'm trying to call the action on the water. And I, I just don't know how that happened. And then the other one, <laughs> it, ha- it happened, but I pulled it off, but ask me, ask me if I remember anything about it. No. <laughs> and then the other one, believe it or not, I- I've called a lot of play by play. I actually did play by play. We were set up right near the finish line of the St. Anthony's triathlon. How in the world? Did I call on the radio triathlon? You called a triathlon from the finish line. Yeah. So that's so not I exactly to... where the race is. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a long event. There are three yes. lakes to it, obviously. No, I had a, a British guy. I would do anything to remember his name that was with me. And, he, and of course, he saved me because he actually knew what he was talking about. Kingston. <laughs> I don't know. i'll think of it i'll just blurt it out before the end of the show but there was something one phrase he used that i never heard it was like oh yeah that's what it was bloody <laughs> we were talking <laughs> and he said well that that's just a whole different kettle of fish <laughs> a kettle of fish yes right. yes it is is there a kettle of fish in uh, handy and we talk about the kettle of fish <laughs> yes once uh, and once only i did play-by-play for boat races in sarasota and triathlon. a triathlon that you so, can't see you're at the finish been, line those would have been, and we interviewed both winners so i mean it was kind of cool i guess but i don't know how that happened i really don't because you um, said yes, that's why. It ha- that's yes. how it happened. And I was trying to get more on the air. Now that I think there about it, there you go. Sense. Um, we said we're going back in reverse chronological order. We're we're not. We're basically done. But I definitely wanted to mention this particular tweet or um, for the mailbag from last week because, I mean, this is amazing. It's from Nostradamus. Oh, he, he says. Then he should know I, the answer. 
He, he said, <laughs> I know everyone's very positive about the Bucks right now, but aren't we like one injury away from our starting center to being in just kidding. That was all the joke. There was no Nostradamus tweet. But oh. one, <laughs> one Nostradamus one, is what we would call him on the morning show. But yeah, go ahead. Did you see the Florida Southern one um, from Craig Kurtzman, who was a Florida Southern grad, and that's where I graduated? He said, oh, nice. Uh, who is the most famous FSC alumni? One, Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> two Lee Jansen or three Matt Joyce who just retired from baseball. I'm going to give him Lee Jansen, but I'm going to I'm gonna give him Lee Jansen three. too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. What, who is, so who is the most, that they're certainly all in the, in the, uh, uh, you know, as they say, the Mount Rushmore of mock athletes, but <laughs> okay. is, is there, is there one other we're missing? Like who is the most famous alum there? No. Yeah. There's no football program. Basketball, baseball, baseball was good for years. I wonder if yeah. they, uh, other I than Matt Joyce, I Necro's kid went there. Okay, <laughs> can't remember his name. The off the children bat. of the rich and famous. I think it's Lance Necro. That okay. would be my fourth one. Don't right. quote me. And my best friend growing up in Plant City, Rhett Rollison, is soon <laughs> to be is soon to be because. He's a Gator, but he just became the uh, new men's tennis coach at Florida Southern. And wow, his, that's uh, a big his job. son, his son Tanner, just uh, committed there to play baseball. So I'm sure there'll be a Rollison. Wait a minute, but... he's the tennis coach, and his son plays baseball there. Well, yeah, I mean, just just got just committed, and that's no shocker. I mean, Tanner's really good, Plant City kid. But uh, I'm sure that the fourth name on the Florida Southern Mount Rushmore, <laughs> there I am putting myself on there, will be Rollison before it's all said. And done. I might be confused here, but if my dad was the tennis coach, how come I'm not a tennis player? I'm sure he played tennis, but why? Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an okay tennis player, but he's really a pitcher. But, so. A pitcher, okay. Yeah, so you have that. Um, but yeah. That's about it. Uh, I love uh, interacting with you and the guys, and I'll be again. I'll be back at it again. I think on Labor Day, I'm filling in after the first college football weekend, so that'll be nice. great. And then, of course, they can find you and all your USF uh, news and and uh, interviews where. Yes, uh, follow me on Twitter at Derek Sharp. D a r e k s h a r p. I run the station Bulls Unlimited. We're about to get into our sixth year play by play. As a matter of fact, this Saturday, I'm going to be on the air with the. Exhibition women's soccer. And of course, we cover football like you wouldn't believe. We do the broadcasts. Uh, we also do basketball, baseball, volleyball, softball, every sport you can think of. Wow. On my channel. So it, it's fun. It's about to get really busy, but I love it that way. Uh, next week, we're doing media day for, for example, men's soccer and volleyball, a bunch of interviews. Did a bunch mm. of interviews, 36 in all with football. They're all up on, um, if you go to SoundCloud, just type USF. It's called the usf unlimited unloaded page and you can just scan on down and listen to a bunch of usf stuff if you are so inclined and uh one of the guys that are inclined and i'll tell on you happens to be one head football coach at usf who is learning things about his players from your interviews that's how good they are that was nice that was very nice before um media day the press conference on wednesday coach scott came up to me and mentioned that he listened to the interviews and said they were good so that was that was really cool you never know if, you know the coach even knows your name so that was that was really nice i appreciate that that's fantastic just one more time uh please support our sponsors at may electric solar you've been thinking about it this is the time to do it they've been in business for 12 years they're going to guarantee their work with labor and service warranty for 30 years you're going to get 750 dollars with a surge protection, what else do you need? Start saving on that electric bill. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. For Derek Sharp, 
I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.